Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of the Essential Apple Show, recorded in a week where no, Apple Music is not deleting tracks off your hard drive unless you tell it to, Apple Music Connect is getting a dose of the pings, Nemo's hardware store has some interesting picks for those of you with a MacBook One, we take a look and a discussion over Viv, our future assistant, and finally we take, we'll talk about the podcast article that's been going around, Podcast Surge, but producers fear that Apple isn't listening. All that and more in this episode of The Essential Apple Show. Joining me this week is a regular Motley crew, including Mr. Carl Martin. How are you, sir? Hello, sir. I'm very well. Thank you very much. You surprised me there, coming to me first, but okay. That's all right. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm always prepared. I've got my beer here on the sideboard here. Let mother sort it out if he comes around here. And for those who are wondering, what is the beverage of choice that you're drinking this week? Oh, I'm going to lose a lot of cred. It's just cause light. Could be worse. Really? It could be could Shut be Budweiser. No, because that's called American now, is it? America or something? I don't know. I'm going to make my own beer, just call it Britain. Because is there a trademark on that? Would you get away with? Hey, after drinking cause light all night, I make my own beer a little bit later. <laughs> it's about, it's the, about same, the same strength. <laughs> same kind of... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> it's cause about four, four cause lies about four percent. I think it's something. It can have the one of the coolest adverts in the world, but world, but it's still a bit of a nat urine. Also joining us this week from a secret bunker that he took ages to get back from because that's why we're recording thirty nine minutes late. Is Mr. Mark Barton? How are you? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Um, yeah, blame the trains. I mean, I did say to you guys, it probably would be a case of I walk in the door, drop my kit off, and then just straight into the show. And it literally, well, I'd stopped by the kitchen enough to pick up, a, yeah, to kind of pull out a leffy and get some beer. But apart from that, yes, it pretty much was come in, drop off a bag and come straight on. Glad you, glad you clarified that. Yeah, I, I realise that. Yeah. To a, a British person <laughs> means getting naked. Yeah, the way you laughed as I kind of said that, I kind of thought, yeah, I better clarify that a bit more. And finally, joining us for perhaps... The most important news. We're finally getting to the conclusion of the fate of a certain gentleman. Right, let's see how this next segment goes. With us today, we have Barry Gentleman making his appearance after a week's absence. Isn't that who wants to be a millionaire? Um, yes. Barry, you made it known that you may be for the chopping block. The Knacker's Yard. The place of early retirement, garden leave, marigold gloves and gardening. We've waited many weeks. We've bided our time. And finally, we need to know. Barry Gentleman, from other shows such as the Macafor Show and probably something else. Let the world know, what is your fate? I'll have a pee, please, Bob. <laughs> so, so the news is that in, uh, in two weeks' time, I oh. go on what they call displacement leave. Oh, dear. And then uh, after a period of time, they give me... Uh, a big fat brown envelope and say, never darken our doors again. He basically gets paid for the next two weeks to stay at home in his pyjamas and just do what the hell he wants. 
And then well, no, 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 an no, so I'm, I'm going in for two weeks. So my last day in the office is 27th of May. And then I've got uh, some time where they say, well, here's, we, we realize what we've done. Here's some time for you to, uh, you know, spend some time getting another, trying to get yourself another job and we'll pay you for that. And then when that's over, we give you your, your big brown envelope. But to be fair, it, it's, it's, I found out, I found out what my start date was. I actually forgot on when I went permanent there. And it was 31st of January, 2002. ka <laughs> Yeah, so I've, I've been there forever. It's about time for a change, then. So all I want to know, Baz, is are the drinks on you that night, or do we have to buy them for you? Well, I will be, uh, I will be doing some beers. So if anyone is in the Canary Wharf area wants Canary to come Canary Wharf? <laughs> oh, look at him. That's a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I think that's a Thursday. Yeah, no, it is. Oh, rubbish. Don't know where yet, but I'll... Um, I don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again. Oh, dear. Well, I'm sure you'll find something else, Baz. I mean, because, you know, listeners might not know, but you're you're quite looking forward to moving on, weren't you? So. Yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, it's not the place I joined all those years ago, obviously. Plus, we can't take the mickey out of you for working for Bartley's now. So, what's no. the fun in that? <laughs> 2002, yeah, it's about time as well. Well, I suppose sticking with that musical <laughs> interlude, we can go past the first story that we'll come back to, and we're going to show it to the second one where it's been a bit of a week for Apple Music. And no, Apple Music is not deleting music off your hard drive unless you tell it to. Uh, this one was put into the show notes by Mr. Madden, and on Wednesday I saw a post widely shared about an unfortunate individual who ha- who lost half of their local library, blaming, of course, Apple Music for deleting their files. Uh, Carol, do you want to take away the next bit on that one? Well, see, that's not... It, it wasn't people actually deleting it. What they think it is, um, what they've tracked it down, and, and like, all fair play to Imore and Serenity Caldwell, because she done all, all the legwork in researching all this that everybody else just basically copied, just like we're about to do, and uh, push it out there. So what happened is apparently they now suspect it is a, bub, a bug in iTunes. Uh, that actually went through and started deleting people's music. And the problem, like I wasn't, the more I listened to how Apple Music worked and how it interchange, it worked with, alongside the, um, the, the, uh, what's the sharing? What's the, um, the matching music match that came out before Apple Music? iTunes match. Yeah. So iTunes match back in the day would allow you, if you, you subscribe to it, to match all your music into iTunes, into Apple's iCloud, uh, and you could get a really high-grade copy of, of any music you've got in your system, as long as it matched it like digitally fingerprinted-wise. Uh, then you could delete your, if you so wish, your original copy, if it was a rubbish copy, or you call it from some nefarious place that wasn't legal, and you could download Apple's fresh copy without DRM. The problem was, when Apple Music came along, they had a similar feature, but because... There's no way the record companies would allow no DRM on your, you know, on your downloads. Anything you sync with Apple Music comes down fully loaded with DRM. So if you then delete your original file, your original um, music file on your original machine, it's gone because it's going to pull down when it tries to replace it. It's going to pull our pull down a DRM laden version. Which when you unsubscribe, if you ever unsubscribe from Apple Music. It's not going to let you play because you no longer have the rights to play. If you've, and if you've already deleted your original piece of music, 
it's 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 just gone unless you've got a backup somewhere. Um, you can do it on other machines where you've synced on other machines, but it never touches your original file. Now, what it seems to have happened is on one of the most recent updates for iTunes, some people are experiencing a bug where it is actually going in and deleting some of their original files and then replacing it with DRM. But it's not actually Apple Music doing it, it's iTunes doing it. And of course, the old argument comes up with, well, now, come on, how much more is Apple going to push iTunes? Because most people absolutely loathe it. I've never had really an issue with iTunes, but you know, a lot of people say it's cumbersome, it's, it's bulky, it does far too many things. It's been like a weight around Apple's neck due to um, legacy. It's one of, the, one of the few things that Apple get to experience what Microsoft is like, where they've got a legacy issue. They have to keep supporting this thing because of all the, dollar, all the dollars that go through that every single day, every time you buy music, every time you get a film, every time you buy an app, everything goes through iTunes. So is it all well and good for people to say, oh, Apple needs to get rid of it, but they have to somehow replace it with, with something. And at the moment, that's just not happening. I mean, we might see something later at WWDC this year, but I wouldn't hold your breath. So, yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing. And the worst part of it is, is Apple doesn't say anything. So, you know, the, the faith in Apple Music has been... Every time there's a Swan Lee Stories comes out, Apple Music takes a hit and people become less and less trusting of it. Um, and Apple just keeps quiet. Is it really a case of, for the general, it works? But because, especially in the podcast sphere, there's so many individuals that have got so much popularity, notoriety, and they're like an affinitive voice. Someone like Jim D- Jim Dalrymple would say, well, this hasn't worked for me, it's rubbish. And then everyone will jump on that bandwagon. Do you reckon it's the influence that people have Absol- is trickling downwards? But, but yeah, but these people also are not idiots. They, they've used Apple products for, for many, many years. And, and I've never experienced it, so I don't know. Now, apparently, when you call up the... Um, when you say you want to delete something, it asks a very ambiguous question, and it's not making it entirely clear what is actually being deleted or moved or shit <laughs> or put somewhere else or what's being synced. And so, you know, lot, what a lot of people are saying, if they've just if they just kept these two things separate, if they just kept music match the original thing separate from what iTunes does and never ever ever overwrite your stuff with DRM stuff ever. It would just it just physically shouldn't allow you to do it. Um maybe that's, you know, a step back from convenience, but it's a it's a lot safer than than suddenly, you know, cuz when we think of music, maybe it's stuff that we've ripped ourselves or it's it's special recordings that you've maybe ripped from LPs and things like this. Yeah, LPs, do you remember them? And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the latest Beyonce hit, for example. It might be something you can no longer have access to because well, it's just gone. So, you know, just like when it comes to photos, Apple needs to be really, really, really careful if they're ever reaching into someone's machine and replacing something that, has no DRM with something that does have DRM because, you know, it's all very well to say, oh, well, you know, you should have known better. But why? There's no instruction manuals comes with iTunes that I'm aware of. It's just how people use it. And, and you know, we're fairly tech- technically li- literate, even if I can't say it, but, um, but we're still running into issues or we're still not understanding what's going on. And Apple have never really done a good job of explaining some of the issues that Apple Music. In fact, they never really explained how Apple Music and and iTunes sync. Um, what's it called again? 
Yeah, our cubes match work together because when I, Apple Music was announced, we all said, well, what does this mean for iTunes Match? And there was never an answer. Here's a question for you. Well, look, we've, I don't know if you, all of you guys saw that really preposterous article about, oh, Apple are going to stop, you know, they're looking to stop downloads and go streaming. Since you guys have all had um, streaming services, how, when was the last time you purchased something and didn't just say add it to a playlist in your streaming service? Uh, we'll go, uh, Barry. Yesterday. Um, what was the last thing I bought? I can't remember because I, I honestly, since since um, I've had Apple Music, I haven't I haven't bought anything because it's always been there. But then again, I I never did. I yeah you know, I and you know, I think we've you know, we've we've from back and forth with days we've touched on this loads of times. Anything and I don't like anything arranging things for me. It's it's a hangover from Windows days. But I would never, I would never, I'd never use iTunes Match. It's, it's, you know, if, I've, if I've recorded an MP3 at a particular bit rate, I'll live with that. If I can get a better one from iTunes Match, that's fair enough. But it means, you know, I don't, because I don't know how that works, I'm not going to do it. Same with photos. I, I keep, I don't use photos. I never used iPhoto. Naturally, when I, when I take photos, they end up in, they end up in the app, but then I, We'll export them and put them into a folder, that, and I manage that folder structure so I know where everything is. So if my iPhotos library or photo library ever went the way of the pair, I've still got all my stuff in a particular place, and it's the same with with iTunes and music. So you are very much one of the old school. I'm going to look after it all of myself. Sorry, Matt, I cut you off there because you, you're obviously going to be the exception to the rule before we come to Carol. What did you last purchase, and was there a reason why you actually? made the purchase instead of going, oh, I'll just add it to Apple Music and do an online stream? Um, well, I've I've always kind of bought music generally anyway. Um, but, I mean, I, was, I actually was an iTunes Match person before Apple Music. Um, but the main reason why I still buy tracks, if I actually hear them and I like them, is on that basis the fact that I want to still own it. So if I ever stop doing Apple Music, I've still got the tracks. And, and actually thinking about it, the last one I actually bought was this morning. I bought the new Stone Roses track this morning, um, which at the moment isn't on Apple Music because it only got released last night, uh, but it's in iTunes so you can purchase it. So I just purchased it straight away. Yeah, I, I suppose if it's something new, then I suppose there is the catch there, is it? If it's something brand, brand new, then it's unlikely to become available on streaming. Just thinking about it now, I suppose nine ninety nine isn't a bad price per month to hold all of your back catalogue. Do, does anyone want to touch on that really stupid story that Apple are looking to stop downloads and it turned out to be... A f- I just wonder, actually, I just wonder where that reporter or that guy got his information from because it's very rare for Apple to come out and say, excuse me, no, that's nonsense. We, we're not planning on doing that. And, you know, he got, a lot of, he got a lot of traction with that story, as obviously it spread like wildfire across various tech blogs, like the outrage. And then just for Apple to turn around and say, no, we're not doing that. He makes you think, well, where the hell? I mean, well, he surely, I got to assume someone fed him that story. He didn't just sit um, down. But has and, they? Have they? Or has he just gone, it's been a quiet week? It's just no, because that would be reporter suicide. You just do not do that. You, I, I, I got, I got. You know, I'll give him the uh, benefit of the doubt and say someone <laughs> either wanted him to like look an idiot, or, 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 you know, I haven't really looked into where the story came from. I, it, he did write a massive long piece about it, and and it did, it did get out 
you know, it did circulate quite quickly. It's just um, weird. It was just a, what such a weird thing to do. And then for, just for Apple to turn around and say, no, no. Where and they you responded on Recode as well, didn't they? So was it like they sort of, you know, ignored it and made it go away? They actually went to a really big website because the – the actual article came from, and I'm just looking up the link here, uh, which, oh, great, that's not worked. Fantastic. It was from Digital Music Someone or Other. Mm. Uh, and I just thought that was fascinating that a, a website like that, which is obviously, to me, it looked like it was built for clickbaiting because uh, any website that has advertised on the top automatically makes me a bit wary. Managed to, managed to post an article. Like, like yours, then. Hey, if you looked at <laughs> Sorry, it. I couldn't resist. Oh, I couldn't resist. It was there. It was an open We made goal. it three I minutes through the, through the first part of the podcast, and Carl didn't have a ding at something. It's either the podcast or the website. You're like Matt trying to use Slack or Quip. Oh, don't like this. Oh, no. New, new, new. New and shiny. Uh, hang on, hang on. Let me backtrack on that. I actually use Slack. I use Slack quite a lot. Uh, Slack, I actually don't mind. What I actually was moaning about earlier was doing it after I got here late and was still trying to sort everything out and then suddenly having to resign to do different things. We got admission there. Matt is a slacker. Because <laughs> I use Slack quite a lot with a lot of my clients because it's a great thing where I can integrate it across different boards. Wow, how late well, was you know that? What, you know My what Skype God. is like for lag. I can't be held responsible for that. Yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> Speaking that'll of things it. lagging behind and things that are going to be demoted, Apple Music Connect is getting a dose of the pings as the Apple Connect social network is to be demoted, allegedly, in an iOS 10 overhaul. Well, this is, this is a story from Mark Gurman, and I don't know how he gets his, his rumours, but they're normally really accurate. And it's, it's just a shame because it's one of those things that did was okay. Um, it just never lived up to the hype. But well, would it would it have even worked? Because it's basically Facebook, but in iOS, but without all the cat pictures. No, 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 no. Yes, you, you're right. It is actually thinking about it. But they also made it pretty hard for people to use it. Um, like I follow a number of bands on it, and if I go through, they share pictures and 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 little videos and stuff like that. But it's purely promotional. I've never seen anyone respond. And, and it's weird as well because say, um, I don't know, um, Shania Twain, for example, just pick a name at random, post something, there'll be comments, but virtually all the comments will be, I love you, I love you, Shania. Oh, you're so special. And you just think, what, what? Okay, but that doesn't really help it. I mean, they never respond to any of those comments. It's just like seems to be a one-way street. Well, it's pretty much the same as Twitter, though, isn't it? We're just going, oh, I love you. You're fantastic. Hashtag Shania. This is, tr- this is true, but they never made it. I never feel they made it compelling. Just like Ping, they never made compelling. And, you know, we can say Apple doesn't get social, so what do you expect? But it it could have. It, it was potentially a really interesting platform but it's one of those things where you can't you get into that thing with apple oh we've created this now you get to use it rather than maybe going to some of these people since they got jimmy Irene and you know dre and uh the guy from nine inch nails whose name completely escapes me trez resner trent resner uh and said look this is how you use this this is how you can take advantage of this this tool but they never apparently did that and so you know, I can see it being, it's still going to be in apparently the new iOS 10. It's just going to be slightly more hidden, which will make it even less compelling to artists, I should imagine. The problem for me with Apple Music was, uh, so iTunes, the app, was straight away next to a song title. Now, I'll never forget this because we covered this on the Mac and Forth show. Straight away next to the song title was a heart. And you think, click on that heart yeah. to like a song oh. or it saves it. 
And it was so in- unintuitive that you click on the heart and it goes, well, what's it done? Where's it going? So you spend more time trying to work out how to use the application than discovering the features. And I think because you've had to d- go through all this mess of user interface, if it was simpler and more refined, then I think maybe, just maybe, Connect would have stood a chance. Well, also that heart had different meanings depending on what part exactly. section of yeah. iTunes, sorry, Apple Music you was in. So that was completely crazy. But, you know, again, I've never had an issue with that because I, I, cause I basically tell Apple Music what I want to listen to and what I like to like and, and, and things like this. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to admit some people might find that confusing and, and have found it confusing, let's be honest. And if they've now had a year basically to hammer on this thing, maybe they can make some new changes. I mean, I'm sure they've had a ton of feedback uh, on how people are using the service and they've got enough you know, customers, like 13 million last time I heard. So enough people are now hammering on that system and they're probably getting feedback and I'm sure they're monitoring what we're doing in some fashion. So, uh, you know, hopefully version one is okay and hopefully version two will be better. It's just one of those things that, you know, I know we like to think Apple always comes out the gate like like um, all in all cylinders firing, but that just isn't the case. I've, I don't really don't think that is the case. But we all never we all, has been, to be honest. No, but people think it has been. People look back and they say, "Oh no, Steve Jobs would never have done this," and and, and it's just a nonsense. Every software company has to go through version one. Yeah, and the, uh, the the principle has always been whether it's Apple, or Microsoft, or anyone else. Because the simple fact is, when you are testing it, you're trying to keep it secret, you have to do it in a small zone, a small community point to kind of do it. It's not until you finally launch it on release and then it goes out to the masses and people start using it that you actually kind of you know, find things because people will always look at it and they'll find bits that you haven't thought of. It's a different perspective and a different point of view that's being looked at. And I then think- that's why you develop it. And then you expand it and you have point one, point two, so on and so on. I think the problem is, though, Matt, in, in modern era, we live in a world where Google exists. Now, Google's philosophy seems to be we'll put it out, we'll let people uh, bang on it, and then we'll change it fast. We'll, mm. it, we'll quickly come out of the next iteration, next iteration, next iteration. And we're constantly publicly fixing it as we go along, which is why you know some, some Google services come out and they're not that good to begin with, but they soon get up to a, a really high standard. Whereas Apple's philosophy seems to be we'll do it all in secret, we'll release it to you, we'll say this is the best thing that we think we can do at this point. And that's that's probably true. That is the best thing that they can do at this point. You know, unfortunately... Not the good tagline though, is it? Yeah. It was kind of okay, so we thought... No, we no, but I know, I know. I, I admit that's, that's, that's marketing. I, I don't blame them for it. Strapline, Apple Music, it's all right. Yeah. But that's the thing. Some people mistake what they're saying as it's arrogance. And I can understand how it can be viewed as arrogance, but that's just the way Apple does their stuff. If they did everything in public, we'd know about the car. We'd know about whatever the iPhone 7 looked like. We'd know about everything because that's how Google does it. That's how Microsoft do it. Like, for example, they'll, they'll tell you two years ahead of time that we're developing a HoloLens. Here it is. Um, you can't buy it yet, but in two years, you'll be able to buy it. Apple doesn't do it that way. And, you know, we, we used to get that element of surprise. Oh, look, here's a, something we've been working on. Oh, my God, I never knew that existed. Uh, that's, that's amazing. But now we live in an age where everything, you know, no matter how secretive Apple really want to be, can they truly keep things secret? 
So by doing so now, are they losing that advantage where they can show us something that's meant to surprise the audience? Because I just don't think they're ever going to be able to do that again. There's too many people involved. There's too many tech blogs out there offering money for people to send them stuff, um, breaking news like prototypes. Well, you say that when we we never knew just how far back iOS 9 was going to support devices um, when they went to 64-bit processors. Yeah, but that, that's little bits and yeah, pieces, that, isn't it? The fundamentals. But that's what Apple's coming to now, isn't it? They're, because they're looking at these. The simple fact is, Apple have got too big too quickly, and it's all it's it's always coming down to that point because it is a small team section that works on different departments. And building B does not talk to building A or building C. <laughs> they are completely separate zones to themselves. And then these guys don't know that what they're creating here is then going to go over to these guys and go into this. These guys over here in building D do not know where this stuff has come from in that sense. And and to demonstrate this, we can look at one of the newer services, which is Apple News, for example. Now, Apple News came out, and it only came out in America, and then it came to Australia and the UK, I think. It's nowhere else, as far as I know, still to this day. And anything that you you want to read in Apple News is you can't change the format. You can't do the the piece when you're in a web like Safari, for example, and you can do text, the text only. The high, that's not yeah. So and it will format it all nicely for you to read. It's it's one of those things that they just never shared that with anyone else for whatever reason. I don't know because they should have because it needed some more advancement. Now I'm hoping when iOS ten. Nine? Where are we up to? I've totally forgotten. We're at nine at the moment. <laughs> right, so when iOS 10 comes out, that feature will now be in there. But that's a year late. That should have yeah, been innovated within months. But you've also got to remember, it then, it's just like anything. Yes, the only big thing Apple ever does for developers is WWDC. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly find that this entire zone gets hit with all these developers from Apple, externals, everything else like that. And in this week, everything tries to kind of get you know done oh, at that sure. kind of point. And then everyone goes away. They have their own take on it and their own ideas from it from that. And then they go away and they go, okay, right, let's look at this, how we can incorporate this, what we can do with this, where we can go. You know, Apple have just done this. Damn, I, that destroys everything we've been working on for the last six but, months. But, how can we rework that? But that's what I'm saying. That is not... That is not good if you've got developers who are experienced in that. Because if they know that Windows is working on X, Y, and Z, and they know Google is working on X, Y, and Z, they can adapt and, and stay, well, not necessarily ahead of the curve, but certainly on the, on the bend of the curve. Whereas Apple comes out and suddenly throws them curveballs. And they're sort of, well, hang on, Apple, what the hell? Yeah, but you find most devs like that. Yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet you most it would be a reach. Well, here we are then. Let's take this from another aspect. So Apple becomes this big open company and tell people that um, let's say they've <laughs> yeah, they, let's that. say they've got yeah, a new idea bad. and automatically you get your your other handset manufacturers and your other uh, operating systems copy that idea. But the way that they do it and the way that they implement it, as we've seen before is very rarely as good as the way that Apple do it. So the Apple come out with their thing that they've released, which is going to be behind everyone else, let's just assume that as well, into a market where everyone's going, well, that's crap, it's rubbish, we've done it, we've tried it on a no, different I, device. But that kind of happens already. I, I don't... I mean, you look at look at that originally on the... On, sorry, I know we at various times we keep going back to the iPad, but you look at the tablet market before the iPad launch, there was tablets there, 
and everyone thought yeah, that, that was that's a different thing and though. You barely ever used it, and then the iPad came out totally re you know, revolutionized the way people use them and how they incorporate them, and it was literally a case of okay, I didn't actually think I need this device, I now can't live without this device. <laughs> But, but then everyone else went and copied it uh, and yeah. tried to make their own interpretation of that. But I think, I know you can pull out things at like certain, obviously the iPhone, for example, and iPad and, and various other things. But then there are services where you just cannot say that. Apple have obviously copied Android on certain things. You know, that's just, but that's that's just the industry. That's how it's yeah. always been. That, like, the tech industry has always worked like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the original Macs, it was taken from, yeah, the, uh, um, the, uh, the photocopier systems. Uh, the name's gone completely Xerox. wrong. Now. Xerox. Yeah, Steve went in, saw that, and went, Jesus, yeah, we can, turn, we can take that and we can turn that into something. Go back to the studio and, right, we need something that you actually hold in your hand that you move around. I don't know what it is, but design it and you've got two days. And that was the original thing on the mouse. That's, it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So... It's just one of those things. It's just if you if you if you um, try and create in a vacuum, then people are not necessarily and and the world's changed from back in the days where Steve Jobs would come on and he'd be able to blow everyone away with this new product they've done because we do not live in that vacuum anymore. There's so many people relying or make their business from basically trying to guess what Apple's doing or trying to get inside knowledge about what Apple's doing and it's very hard for Apple to keep those walls up and they're never going to be able to do it because there's always going to be disgruntled employees for not necessarily in Cupertino but all the other plants they they, they hire people around the world you know like Foxconn and and the people who make the chips who's again his name's completely escaped me at the moment but uh, you know and and people are paying big bucks to see the latest case of the iPhone 7 or to see some weird antenna that will be inside the eye. And, and it's very hard. And That's the thing. They should back to it. In fact, the Apple have grown too big yeah, very, very quickly. No, but all I'm saying they is... Still, it, the original core of Apple still looks at it as a small group. But is it our fault? Are we expecting too much? from? Have we built up this company too much in our own minds? Is what we partly, expect yes. them to... I know it is. But we don't, want to, we don't want to acknowledge that because then it's our fault, right? Rather than their fault. And yeah, but it never, isn't anybody's fault. It's just the way human ex- nature is. expectations. We are expecting yeah. far too much right, from what they can possibly deliver in this day and age of like macro but that's human nature i know it is i know it is but if so that isn't listen, anyone's fault that is just human nature but, and that's evolution but the reason that's how you develop and expand i know i know but as i'm saying as you read like the various tech reports and and podcasts and, and video channels and news articles and wall street it all comes down to the same thing we want something Today, which will blow us away because it happened I've in the past. I've got an idea. It might. I've got an idea how we settle this. Someone needs to be blamed. Someone needs to be held accountable. And is Rick's not here? Let's blame Rick. I think so. I, I haven't seen many of the Apple events. You know, I've watched the last. I've watched them over the last sort of two or three years, and it for me, it 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 does seem to be that every every person they bring onto the stage, they and I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they want their moment in the sun. They want to say, you know, my team have done this, and it's a big surprise. And maybe that's maybe that's where they're going wrong. Maybe it's, you know, they, they can, like, like people have said, they can drip feed some stuff out. Maybe 
maybe drop a few uh, drop a few hints at one event to say something we'll be working on over the next year is this, and then have one have have oh, one more thing have that as your big as your nice big bombshell, but don't try and do it with every single announcement you're making. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the big things that has changed. I mean, I'm not saying I hate the phrase. Steve wouldn't have done it that way because that's absolute bollocks because the simple fact is that it's a case of if it works and he liked the idea of it, he'd have pushed it. If he didn't, he'd have stopped it. It's that simple. But even when Steve did his keynotes, he still had other people come in. The last couple of keynotes that I've been at, um, the last one I just was not impressed with at all. And it's the first one I've ever left a keynote where at the end of it, I've gone, I'm buying nothing off that. And I just wasn't even interested in going into the cubicle to see stuff and things like that afterwards. Is that just because of what was on offer or was that the presentation or was it just both? Both. And the Apple Music one was shambles. I mean, I, I went to that with Carl. We went to one of the Ansys ones for that. And I practically fell asleep through the damn thing. <laughs> Too much pizza and beer. That was the no. It was boredom. It was, it was <laughs> horrific. At, at the end, it was there was this nicely choreographed show, and it was just like, um, coming up next. Oh, okay. It just felt horrifically tacked on in that really bad ping thing. I felt Steve turning in his sealed iPod it's, case again. But again, are we going in to? Are we going in expecting too much from what they can realistically deliver? And and I don't know where I'm starting to fall on that. I don't. I'm not blaming Apple. I'm not blaming the people who report on it. I I just don't know how I feel at the moment. I don't feel okay. I'll give you the, the music one. Probably went on too long. Most people didn't seem really to care. I was quite interested. The only bit I didn't like is the guy Drake who came out and walked up and down the stage, and I still to this day have no clue what he was talking about. I don't think he did, to tell you the truth. But the actual how they presented the music, the app and stuff, I quite enjoyed. Looking forward to getting my hands on that. Uh, the last one, yep, you're absolutely right. There wasn't really much in there. The iPhone SE, whereas if you've really already got an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus, you're probably not that interested because it's, it looks like a step down. Although, strangely enough, it's gone on to become a very good seller and you know they're out of stock all over the place and they can't fill orders quick enough. And it's six month old hardware as well. And and I, that was yeah. it was a good sell, but in a way that was a very hard sell because and I think people lost sight of the fact that it's a six month old phone just in a smaller form factor. Now granted it's selling like yeah, absolute but, bonkers. Well, it was six month old hardware, but with today's tech, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not nothing in that presentation with for us. Like, they introduced a smaller iPad Pro. Well, if you've already got the large iPad Pro, again, you're not really going to go backwards, it's, even if it did have a, a sl- one or two new features in it. But are we not mainstream now? Are, are we, have, have we not reached our peak with Apple where we are the mainstream, so we're not going to be impressed because we're happy with what we've got? We This, this, this is another issue. Now, we, we they cannot pivot as fast as I used to be able to pivot because they have now got the same problem as as Microsoft has, and that is legacy. They have to support going a long way back. They can't radically change the system of how the iPhone works because it will leave a load of people scratching their head and they won't like it. You know, it's, it's okay for us because this is our hobby. We like to play about with things. Um, but, but people don't like change. Look at Instagram. For God's sake, that was an icon change. And the, the internet went crazy crazy oh my god the world's end we're all gonna die because they've changed the freaking icon on one of the most popular apps ever right hold that thought 
we've got to keep the show nice and tight tonight for once. So what we're going to do now is we're going to jump into, straight into Nemo's hardware store, and then we'll be back to talk about Instagram and podcasting. So John, this week has got some stuff where, funnily enough, we've just been talking about the product that none of us would buy, the MacBook. And if you've got one of those, here's some accessories and some cables that might be of interest to you. So John, over to you. We're back with another Nemo's hardware store. I'd like to read you something called the New Universal Standard from the website of a company called IOGear, I-O-G-E-A-R. It says the USB Type-C is the latest universal standard in connectivity. Compared to earlier generations of USB connectors, USB-C has a slim profile connector to support ultra-thin laptops and tablets. Although USB-C has a low-profile design, it packs a big punch when it comes to speed and power and high-speed data transmission. And best of all, it's reversible to allow hassle-free connecting. The new standard fixes the age-old problem of connecting your USB in the wrong way, eliminating the frustration of fumbling with the USB plug when connecting it to a computer. Works with new MacBook and Chromebook. Well, I just spent quite a bit of time at the Apple Store at the Old Orchard Center in suburban Chicago, Illinois, discussing the new MacBooks as opposed to the Air, and the MacBook has just come out with a couple of different versions as the upgrades. It's a little bit expensive, but if it's not your primary computer and you want a secondary computer that's great for travel, or you have deep pockets and you can afford as many computers as you want, or if you only have one computer and all you need is a super slim computer, the new 12-inch MacBook is something to consider. The big problem is the lack of ports, and two companies, Kensington and IOGear, have addressed that, and those are the products we're talking about today. When you only have one port, what do you do? How do you manage your peripherals? Well, this first product is going to be the least expensive, but also the least popular. It's called the Kensington CA1000 USB-C to USB-A adapter. This is when you're on battery power and all you want to do is plug in an iOS device or an extra keyboard or mouse because this has just one USB-C tip at one end and then a USB 3 port at the other end of the cable. Cable's about four inches long. This only costs $13, but it's very limited in flexibility. You cannot be charging your device at the same time. So if all you need is that extra access from your single USB port to a single USB external device, then that's fine. But when it comes to versatility, stay tuned for what comes next. Also from Kensington, this item is the CH1000 USB-C 4-port hub. At the one end of about a 3-inch cable, you have again the generic USB-C tip, but then it attaches to a black block of plastic that's roughly an inch and a half by two and a half inches by a half an inch thick. It has three USB 3 ports along one of the sides, and at the far end is a USB-C port. Think about this. This costs $40, but it's a lot more versatile. You can plug the USB-C tip into your MacBook. You can plug in up to three regular old peripherals using the USB 3 ports. Then you connect your charger to the USB-C port at the far end to charge your computer at the same time. 
So this is much, much more versatile. Kensington CH-1000 USB-C, four-port hub, three ports for the USB-3 and one port for the USB-C. I know the terminology is confusing, but look at our links on our website for the show notes for this particular show, and you will see pictures and links to the devices themselves. So this one gets a much higher recommendation than the original one, which was the CA-1000. Rounding out our trio from IO Gear is the Hub-C. Hub-C to four-port USB hub. This is very similar to the one we just talked about, except the build quality is a little more robust. The cable is a woven exterior instead of plastic. It's about a four or five inch long cable rather than just three inches. The housing for the ports is a little bit bigger because it has four USB three ports in it, but it's not as versatile. It's $10 less. It's $30, but it's not as versatile as the one from Kensington CH-1000 because this one from IO Gear, the Hub-C, only has the four ports for the standard USB 3, and it's also compatible with USB 2, but that's not the main point. It does not have that extra USB-C port at the far end. So from my least favorite to my most favorite, the Kensington CA-1000 USB-C to USB-A adapter, that's in third place. In second place is the Hub-C from IOGear USB-C to four port, and where the Kensington CA-1000 was only $13 and the Hub-C is $30, for $40 you get a lot more functionality with the Kensington CH-1000 USB-C four port hub, three of those being USB-3 and one of them being USB-C. Hope you're not too confused, but these are great ways to extend the single limited functionality of your beautiful rose gold or whatever color you choose 12-inch MacBook. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you once again, John. And you can find John over at the MyMac.com website. You'll be able to see links to all of the products and, of course, our handy-dandy, super fabulous Amazon affiliate link where if you shop at Amazon, you click our link and you buy anything, we get a really small kickback and everything goes back into the show to buy things like microphones that work and a mixing desk that works and other stuff that should generally just work and i know a few of you have clicked the link and thank you very much it's from the bottom of my heart i know it's a pain in the ass because you've got to go to the website find the post click the link and then shop is normal i know it's a pain in the backside but i just want to say from us and the team thank you very much right back to the show then so i'm gonna rate instagram one star works brilliantly less bugs but don't like the new icon discuss Right, so uh, Instagram's been out for five years now, I think it is. It went from like some little quirky little app that you could add filters to um, to your photos uh, and make a dull photo look interesting. Okay, if you don't know what Instagram is, I don't know where you've been for the last God knows how long, but uh, it's always been the icon was always the kind of old Polaroid Instamatic camera type thing. And in the age of no, we don't no longer want skewmorphism and things like this. That icon did look a bit weird if you looked it on your iPhone uh, face because it kind of looks old even when they flattened it a little bit. So they've now gone for some weird multicolored background thing with just a simple curved 
white square with a circle in the middle and with a little like flashlight in the side. And I find, I think it looks perfectly fine. I don't understand what people are in a, an, an uproar about. This is, I wish people would get this much annoyed about politics and things like this, but oh no, the icons change. And, and some people, the way they react, like they're swearing and, Calling them right, we're never using this app, app again. And I wish you had this much fuss when just, I redid the I website just, and got everything working. Oh, I would have enjoyed that if I'd have had like fifteen thousand people saying, "Oh, nice new website, but I don't like the look." I would have oh, oh, I would love that attention. And it only brings more attention to Instagram. So these people that are going off of that and kicking off, saying, "Oh, I hate it. I'm going to rate it one star because of a new branding." Well, things get rebranded all the time. I, I, again, I just. It's it's crazy to me. It's one of those things where this comes up like Apple changes the look of iOS 7, wasn't it? And the world went mad. And it's just, you know, we want things new. We want things modern. We want things different. But at the same time, we don't want them to change. Well, sorry, you can't have it both ways. Things have to change. Um, This is a new modern icon. Chances are, when you're using the app, this is an icon you'll see, okay, there's the app, open the app, bang, it's gone forever. In, In a few weeks' time, no one's going to give a monkeys about this. And I really hope Instagram is not one of those companies that go, oh, okay, we'll backpedal on because we want to please you people out there. Oh, just grow up for God's sake, internet. What's the matter with you? So this is what I actually call a first world problem. Because when you look at the world today and what's going on and what's kind of happening and, and the uproar that this has actually brought and you know, pulled in, you know, with everything else that's been going on over the last kind of week, it really is a case of, I'm sorry, if you're disconcerned with it, then get a life, really. Do you know, do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, where's the um, Twitter icon changing color thing been for this? Obviously, it's going to be one. So oh, I've changed my icon to a rainbow color in solidarity. Oh, go away! <laughs> I like the fact that Barry's walked off to Skype chat in disgust. He's actually left the room. Yeah, he's disgust. Just pure he's disgust. He's got nothing he's to like say. He's just stormed off. Just walked away. Like, well, I'm not. He's that annoyed about the whole thing. <laughs> it does make me sad. This is this is one of those, you know, t- point in times where I look at the internet and go, you guy, you don't even deserve what the internet can do for you. For me, it's bonkers because we're always craving update and we're craving new features and change, yet you change a blinking logo and... Why are, we, why are we even talking about this? Why are we talking? Why are we here surprised about the dumbassery of the internet that can happen at times? Well, I was just kind of thinking that because we're just making it worse no, we're because we're talking yeah, about it. It's, it's something that needs, it's the big news story of the day. It needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be recognized for what it truly is and then just move on. Well, before we go into the next. Uh, Don't even say news. Because that isn't news. That is not a news story as far as I'm concerned. That's a blip in the universe that the world has gone mad over. Well, we're going to come to the the main story this week, which is a story that's about nothing, where some people may have may not been involved in, may or may not have said something first. But whilst we're waiting for Barry to get back, let's talk about Viv. Viv looks most interesting, i got to say. Um, if there's a video up that they posted at TechCrunch Disrupt, and it just shows what the next virtual assistants can be. It's, it's written by, or it's created by some of the same people who've done Siri. 
Uh, and of course, everybody everybody compares it to Siri, or maybe that's just because I follow Apple feeds. That's why I'm getting Siri. Um, of course, you know, OK Google and 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 uh, Alexa. If you've got an Amazon Echo, for example, they're all virtual assistants, and and it's a space a lot of tech companies seem to be wandering into or steaming into because they think. And there's Cortana. Oh, Cortana, yeah, of course, Microsoft, indeed. Um, but and it does look good. I mean, he gave it some very complex commands, and it carried them out, like order flowers. No, I don't want. I want tulip ones, and it changed all the things, and it went off and ordered from flowers.com or somewhere. Um, I noticed it was all about selling, which is the first thing I noticed. It's like I want a, I want a hotel. Okay, here's a hotel, and it came to something like nine hundred and sixty-two quid for two days, and I thought holy hell, how much are you spending on a hotel? And then he bought some flowers and they were like 40 quid. And then he bought, he, he, he called an Uber and then cancelled it straight away, which is kind of funny because the Uber driver kept calling him to probably say, why are you cancelled it? Yeah, you know, the problem with um, that is that he's called an Uber, which which probably means that the unlucky soul who's in the same city probably got a rush. What was it called? <laughs> so he's called it, he called someone else. So he's probably cost someone quite a considerable amount of money because all of a sudden... Oh, look at that. We're busy. Oh, we're going to have to charge you double. That's what no, happened to us when we went to the Mackie's Fourth Shenanigan show. No, no, no. It doesn't. It's, there's a few more of them in that town, I think. There was. One or two more. Yeah, One exactly. Or two more. But um, it's good. And uh, what he's saying is this, they're going to try and keep it open. So they'll talk to various companies. So technically, in an ideal world, we'll all have access to this. Google, Windows, uh, Samsung, which is Google. Google and, uh, and iOS, but I just know that one of them is going to snap the technology up, and <laughs> that will be it. No one else can have it. Now, now, is it just me, or with all these new virtual assistants? I mean, yeah, Viv does look very good, and it is the next step on an essence from Siri because it's the same guys that have yeah. kind of, you know, they've taken it through. Um, but same with uh, is it Alexa, the actual the Amazon one? Yep. Yeah, I mean that's very very good. I've played with that, and I've tried tricking that, and you really can't. There, I haven't found anything where it's kind of fallen over yet with that. But ultimately, aren't these all just actually going to the next step? Where we've now got so lazy, we don't even want to press a button on our phone to do something. We now just want to say it out loud, and somebody else does it for us. Well, don't you see? The only problem I have with virtual assistants is it's kind of a bit like Barry and his music and his photographs. Is it's got to work flawlessly, otherwise I just stop using it. For example, mm. I know I was trying to send Mark, uh, I was trying to dictate something to Mark in, in the van while I was dri- dri- driving around this week. And if it just gets one wor- word wrong, it's completely useless. I can't send that message. I can't, you know, completely. Yeah, you don't realize until you send it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. But that's, this is what I'm saying. So if we want to live in a world where we just say, um, uh, wallet, like FIV or whatever it's called, um, order me. Tickets to go and see Captain America next Thursday night, 9pm, 3D, IMAX, blah, blah, blah. And he gets one thing wrong, it's no good. And and if it was the speed that this thing was working was amazing, it's fantastic. But if it had got it slightly wrong, it's too late. It's just spent my money. <laughs> and... And um, I just I do want it's great if we can ask it like the what's the weather what's the weather going to be like when I get home tonight what's the weather going to be like this weekend those things are great it's just when you link it up with commerce then I start to get a bit worried especially with things like Amazon as well like and I say order me an iPod shuffle or something and it goes and accidentally oh you wanted to buy an iPod Touch here it is 
more importantly, spec- you're having a conversation with somebody else and you just happen to mention it and it picks it up in the background and goes, okay, and just orders it. Exactly. I remember there was um, on the watch, when the Apple Watch came out, someone was playing with the Amazon app thing yeah. and they accidentally ordered an Xbox, <laughs> an Xbox <laughs> machine because they just accidentally touched the button. Well, at least that's what they told their girlfriend when it turned yeah, exactly. up anyway. But this is the, but do we want to, are we going to live in a world where we constantly want stuff listening to us? And I do, as long as it is really accurate. And this thing did look accurate, but you know, he was, he was in a room, he was holding the phone literally up to his mouth. It was, uh, a very, yeah, I'm, I've got the video on it and he's like, here. yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you don't talk to your phone or well, I don't talk to the phone. I, I hold it up face you know arm's length sort of thing and talk to it uh in the car forget it it's just too well in my van it's, it's just too much noise in my cab for it to even understand what i'm i'm saying and i've never talked to my apple tv remote that close to my face again that's that's another thing that's got it wrong sometimes the, uh, the, like, the apple tv you try and get in plex to work it has yeah. a dicky fit over that it does, and and this is not just Apple has this problem. Siri, remember Siri when it when Apple bought it could do much more than it can currently do now. It mm. could reserve reserve your tables and things like this, um, but it was only available in the US. So when Apple bought it, they stripped it down and made it much more simplistic, but pushed it out to more countries, and um, and that is another issue. You know, this thing, okay, it's understanding American. I'm going to say American because it's not British because. <laughs> For some reason, there's some differences between our accent and dialogue, obviously. So it struggles on certain words. And then Australians have their issues with it. Welsh people have their issues with these voice recognition things. You know, we, we live in a complicated world with many, many people in it. And uh, these things not only have to understand what their programmers are saying uh, um, and people who can perfectly orate, but they have to understand the rest of us as well. And we've all picked up lazy. I mean, look at me. I'm one of the laziest laziest people when it comes to speaking ever which is probably why i shouldn't be doing a show because i'm a lazy talker i repeat lots I of words, really, words and ums. i'm the one who does the editing and believe me you're far from a lazy talker i, <laughs> I get two tracks 90 percent of it is you and, oh okay and then we do i a, mean i know we I do mean, a three percent for, for the rest of them and then he means his pronunciation yeah, and his I'm vocabulary terrible. i'm terrible with that not that he doesn't. Not that he doesn't ever finish his sentence. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm very, I'm very encouraged by what they demonstrated, and I'd love for it to be, you know, real. But it's just the same as when it comes to automatic, automated cars. It has to be perfect because if it, if you, if you use it a few times and it doesn't do the function, you just turn it off and never go back to it. Which is time. again what we came back to with Connect because. The, the app didn't work as it should have done. You spend so long trying to use it and trying to work around it. And then you go, no, I've lost, it's lost my interest. It's not worth it. It's the reward on investment thing, isn't it? Where are you going to get anything back? And I've been at, what gets me with Siri is that some days I'll be up and I'll be walking around and it's brilliantly accurate. Mm-hmm. And then some days, same pitch, same diction, same everything. It's absolutely useless. And what worries me is that things like um, Dragon, uh, what's it called? Dragon Anywhere. Oh, Dragon Dictate. Dragon Dictate for the Mac and then Dragon Anywhere on iOS. It's mm. so freakishly fast and so accurate. But I can't help but, but you've feel... But remember, they've got years and years and years. Well, but they don't have the same user base, beforehand. though, do they? Viv was using um, uh, Nuance, which is mm. basically Dragon. So. They're all using the same sort of 
voice recognition systems. It's just how they're interpreting what's being said to them. Like the way this auto-generated code was just amazing. Um, but again, it's perfect. It's a fantastic demo, and it was really encouraging to see it. I just wonder how it's going to be implemented in the real, real world. That's the thing, because the Siri demo, when they first demoed that, yeah, exactly. was amazing. I know. Uh, and I mean, the one thing I will say with Siri, I mean, obviously it comes from the same guys on that. If it ever pronounces somebody's name wrong, when it actually kind of tells you someone's name, you can say to it, no, that's wrong. And it will give you other ones that it will ask you to actually say the name and it would improve it. Yeah. But the one thing you, you can't, you can't, one thing you can't do with Siri is say core work two or core Tesco four one eight nine. It goes calling Tesco and you go, no, call Tesco. 4189. You can't add a number to the end of a name. It, it, it just seems to blow a gasket. Yeah, there, there, are, there are weird things that you can and can't do. But again, that's one of those the way they are at the moment, they're pretty dumb. They're not they, you know, it's amazing what they're doing. I can, I can program it to do that in a million years, but you know, we... It's not how level yet. Yeah, it's... it's well, well, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to be in your front room saying... Uh, Call, uh, call, call Sandra. You really don't want to be calling Sandra, <laughs> not in your condition. No. Yeah, but that maybe we do. Maybe that is a good uh, thing. I've got. I don't want a drunk it. text. It's like, Siri. no, you've had too many. You do not want to do this. That's the one. Siri, can you open the fridge door, please. I don't See, think Siri so, and the Internet of Things <laughs> is only really going to become viable, and the machines are going to start taking over when you can use if that, if that, then this, or if, if then, this and that. Yeah, I can go Siri. Make a brew, and Actually, it turns on my the, kettle with HomeKit, and it boils the kettle before I get in through the door. The Amazon one, you can. The Amazon one does work with this and that, and it also works with all the Hue lighting systems as well. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's coming there. It's just not – we're not there yet, but it's, it's very encouraging what they showed on, on, on that stage, and it was, quite, it was impressive as well. If you haven't seen it, go and seek it out. Um, yeah, ignore uh, the fact that he has to hold it up to his like a, a millimeter yeah, away from his mouth. He's in the middle of a big hall, so yeah. and it's you know yeah, he's it's, in an auditorium, so there's a lot of echo in bits. But he's doing it live because hence why he gets the phone call halfway or two phone calls halfway through. His yeah, he's probably got the server in the back but room hooked up for YouTube, zero latency. Also, watch the next video, which is Microsoft's artificial intelligence meltdown. Oh. That's quite worth watching as well. Oh, this is not where it started insulting people and coming neo-Nazi, was it? No, this goes horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Oh, okay. On, on a on a uh, an internet video um, uh, topic. So, has anyone seen the the, the video of uh, the the robot that the the angry the, swearing robot? No, no, no. This this is this is like a a, a fully articulate articulated um, human sized robot, and the guys are pushing it over. Yeah, it's standing up. <laughs> it's walk. It's walking through forest. Yeah, and it's amazing. Absolutely. They've redone that video, but he's now got a Scottish accent and he's moaning because when they can't move in the box out the yeah, way yeah. and things like that. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you got to track that one down as well. Excellent. In fact, talking of that on the basis of kind of voice-activated systems, if you ever want a really funny video, watch the voice-activated elevator that's been set up in in, in um, is in Glasgow. I've seen that. It's brilliant. It's very good. That's the point. Until it can do Glaswegian, it's never going to work. <laughs> we can go seamlessly from talking about one thing to talking about the medium of the spoken medium, which is podcasting. 
in an article earlier on this week. Podcast search, but producers fear Apple isn't listening. An article from that bastion of well-known reporting, the New York Times. So the story goes, and everyone's probably heard sick to death of this by now by the time we cover it. We're just going to touch on this quickly. Late last month, Apple allegedly bought seven leading podcast professionals. Well, I'm calling my bluff on that one because where was my invite? So we automatically <laughs> know that didn't happen to the company's campus in Cupertino, California, to air their room to a case full of employees. And according to two people who were there, the people who'd only speak on the condition of anonymity because they had signed NDAs, a lot like Matt, said quite a few things in a room about things like metrics, listening. Basically, Apple, why aren't you giving us more stats to let us find out what's happening with our show? Now, this has been debunked several times recently, but is there? A, do you think we enjoy podcasting more as a medium than, say, using the web because we have but, more control over it and we're not being bombarded with adverts? But here's the thing. These people are not us, Mark. They are not people doing this for the sheer hell of it and the fun of it and stuff like this. These are media conglomerates. When they say podcasters, think our you know, NPR and think CBS and think CNN and think these other people who are taking their shows and then just reformatting them and sticking on as a podcast. So people who have brand recognition will download, you know, these things. And because they cannot sell the advertising, because there's no metrics to sell to advertisers, they can't say, for example, oh yeah, um, like 500,000 people listen to this show. So we want this amount of money for our advertising. That's gone. Like when it comes to TV, because the Nielsen ratings, they can make up whatever they want. They can say, oh, yeah, this view, this show was viewed by 18 and a half million um, people above the age of 35. Totally unprovable in, in, in that area. You know, things like Netflix can tell you exactly how many people you watch. Things that are broadcast over the air, forget it. There's no accurate way to ever measure that. There's no accurate way to listen how many people actually listen to a radio station. And these are the media uh, points that these people come from and they want this kind of fabricated um, totals so they can flog their shows to various media um, advertising companies. That's all it comes down to. And you know, there are some big private podcasting uh, creators out there who 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 have gone for other means. Like you know, some people, much to my chagrin, use Patreon and stuff, but other people use like Hipster eBay funding, contributions nothing. or yeah. And and see what what these people seem to be wanting. They they want to say to Apple, right? We want statistics. We want you to create gateways. We want you to be able to. We want to come to you and be able to finance our shows. And I say. I want to say a rude word, but off, right? Because we don't want Apple doing any of that stuff. We want them literally to be a directory which links to your, in your case, your feed on FeedBurner, and you have you can do whatever you want to your show as long as you're not pornographic. I don't know how you do a pornographic podcast. That's just lots of panting, as far as I can tell. But um, there's an open market. <laughs> there's a there's a niche I bet someone hasn't filled the choice the of words as well <laughs> but no the point is it's totally it's totally hands off what Apple do and here's the thing right you can push out your show and it can be if it's good enough if it finds an audience it can be just as valid as anything the BBC puts out or anything the Guardian puts out or anything Fox wants to put out 
that is the beauty of it. There's no gatekeeper, you know, hamstringing you because you're not a massive media company. And you know, and I tell you what, if they ever put analytics analytics in, um, for example, the podcast player, <laughs> believe me, I don't think a lot of podcasts want that because they'd rather stay ignorant of how many people actually download the shows. I know people who are absolutely deluded on how many people they get downloading their shows and if you look around that surrounding facts like how many follow them on twitter or on facebook and they, they claim oh yeah my show gets i don't know let's say thirty thousand listeners okay well how comes you're only followed by a thousand people then how comes like when you post something no one likes it more than about two people right this it just doesn't add up so people are using the fact that they can't you know, necessarily see how many people download their show to delude themselves that they are much bigger than they are. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. As long as they don't let it go to their head, as long as they think, I'll keep producing my show because there's a, there's people out there listening. If Apple turn around on a Monday morning and say, okay, here's your analytics for your show you put out over the weekend, and it's gone from 30,000 people down to one and a half six. thousand. Well, six, yeah, who knows? We don't know. That's the joy. And you can't have Apple doing it either because you know, only about uh, fifty to sixty downloads actually come from from um, from Apple and the podcast. Other things are out there like Overcast, Pocket Cast, um, various ones on Android. None of them have analytics, and you really do not want, I believe, a centralized podcasting thing because then you run into what Stitcher does. Stitcher takes your podcast, downgrades it to a lower bit rate, sticks adverts in it, and pushes it out. One. That counts as one download. No matter how many people listen to it, that's one download. Well, that's nonsense. Google want you to jump through hoops for their new podcasting service. I know when it came out, you was all for it, Mark. I looked at it and went, no way. No way you put in adverts in my, well, my show. This, this is becoming it. a bit of a trend. There's a, a, a service called Advertise Cast, which you, how do you explain it? You sort of set up like a Kickstarter-esque style page and you can sell slots on your show. Now, what's worrying is that you have a choice of either letting the company add the pre-roll and end roll, or they will automatically inject adverts that people are buying into podcasts. So for someone, let's go with Barry on this one. If podcasting, Holmes, right, number one, how many podcasts you listen to a week? And number two, if it became more like the web where things were being injected into your podcasts, would you continue listening? No, you, you, I, I, I'd stop. You know, I don't, I don't listen to that many, and it's, I don't listen to anything regularly, but I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll dig around and maybe I'll find one, have a listen. And you're going to get, you know, there are, there are, yeah, you know, I've, got, I've got no problem with, with people doing a, a, you know, a segue to, and here, here is a thing which you, we, we think you might be interested in. But if it's, if there's no, if it's suddenly the sound's gonna, you know, the sound's gonna dim. There's gonna play an ad, and sound's gonna come up again where you left off. Is it, I don't. How would they do that? And that would just make it, it make it as bad as watching a movie on terrestrial TV or Freeview. It's mm-hmm. just not nice. I think the technology is there because we've got things like MCE Buddy, which can look at a TV show and cut the adverts out, and it does it on a really nice set of algorithms in. I would say it's probably 95% flawless, the way it does it. it. But why does that exist? Yeah, I suppose it's doing the opposite of what the advertisers exactly. wanted to do. Exactly. You do not want... It's, look, it's, if, if you are financing your podcast by doing a sponsored read 
great. I got no problems with that, whatever. As long as it doesn't go on for too long, as long as it's not boring, as long as it's not grating, as long as it's not obvious that you're trying to sell me something that's rubbish, I'm fine with that. Because if you want to try and make a bit of money on the side, fine. I got no problems with that. It's, 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 it just seems to me that people, some people get into podcasting with the expression of, I'm going to be rich from this. And because you're listening, because I am sharing my opinion with you, you must now give me money because I am so, so worthwhile listening to that I'm going to make you pay to listen to me. Yes, because my opinions are valid, so much more valid than anybody else who's given away their product for free. And Carl Madden's views are powered by Coors, the light, refreshing beer available from Amazon via our Amazon affiliate link. It's it's a no, it's a, I just find. I was it really about nice. to say that's pretty much exactly why Patreon is there on that basis. Yes, because I it was those people that have got those inflated egos that go right. I'm actually making yeah, and it this goes, much you know, it impression goes, with people. It's a self it's a self perpetuating model as well. People who actually yeah. pay and encourage them to continue doing it. Now, if you're creating something that didn't exist yesterday, great. I will give you like there's YouTube channels that take the Mickey out of movies and stuff like this. They produce some really cracking content. If if when if you do podcasts and there's a massive amount of podcasts that produce some really original content, they do some deep dive stuff and they they expose things like this. If we're doing what we're doing. Sharing our opinions, I have a real problem with charging people money for that because it's just our opinion. We are we are no one in the grand scheme of things, right? And, and I never want to be in a position, a position where I become so such a big-headed fool that I think I could ever charge someone money for what just to listen to what I'm saying. I'm just grateful you're listening. You don't need to pay me for that, right? It's it's just crazy. Yeah, if you're not listening, it's fine. Carl will just talk regardless. Yeah. Do you ever four five nights of the five nights of the week when we're not doing this? He still sits in his room at this microphone and just talks. <laughs> How did you know? Have I left Skype on? <laughs> By the way, I'm easily bought. If someone does want to sponsor this show and we could edit out those last few moments. <laughs> but that's the thing. See, this is this is why it's I mean, I will not change my opinion on this. I mean, me, me and Mark will maybe down the road, we're going to probably disagree about this at some point. But as it stands today, this is just how I feel. And, and I think it's a disservice, disservice to your listeners sometimes that because it changes what you think. And also it puts them in charge, right? It puts your listener in charge. If, you're, if you want to become a performing monkey, fine. That's great. But while I'm not asking anyone of anything, they have no like come back on me to tell me to change things because just don't listen if you don't like what I'm saying. Just go somewhere else. Just Phew. <laughs> see you later. I just I just find it on crazy. The plus side, I, Barry's just found his new career. He's now gonna become a performing monkey. And yeah. the, only, the only reason that Apple will change anything is because these big media corporations want it changed. And I really, really hope they don't because they've kept it a level playing field for people like me who done who done like here and there show uh, Mac and forth. Um, Mark, you you know you done a central, uh, sorry, a central Apple, um, sorry, a rampant rumblings and things like this, and you also was involved in some other shows before. Yeah, yeah, know, and hooked up and stuff. The, the way I've always looked at advertising is is that if it's a good product and if they're offering a good deal, and they come to me and say, look, you know, we've got something here that is going to be beneficial to your customers, all of those things have to tie up before. I'll go, right, I'll speak to everyone. And as far as I'm concerned, it's our show. Now, of course, 
if we get something and it can benefit the show and bring the production quality up, we, we will have that chat. But until then, we can just carry on because we... And one thing as well is that I will never, ever promote a product that spammy. Like, what was that malware thing that you lot ripped into me about a couple of months ago? I believe you mean something called Summit Keeper. So... Yes, that's I'm one. not going to say the actual name of it, but Summit Keeper, yes. So, but this, this is what I'm saying. I, I mean, I also feel once you take on advertising, you compromise yourself. For example, if you was to go with uh, some software company, Mark, and they gave you money to do an advert, and then suddenly, for whatever reason, they appeared in the story of that week, you're going to be conflicted about can I do that story or not? Will that will I upset them? Will I lose uh, my not necessarily? There's ways around that. I mean, there's there's no, there probably isn't. four or five main podcasts that I listen to each week, and I would say three of them do have fixed ad slots that they actually have. There are different companies every week in there, but if they have an ad slot from that company and there's a story that have them involved, they either won't have them in there, but they will still say when they say about the story, they will say to begin with, you know, up front. We do do advertising it with doesn't these matter. guys. It doesn't matter. They're already compromised. You can no longer be sure that they're going to I disagree be... on that basis. Okay. Well, it's happens, it happens in the news. So why should it not happen on yeah, a stupid the, podcast? The news is a great big is, It's down to your own integrity. I think with, I think with the news, they're so big, they don't have to care. And I think because podcasting is such a smaller, narrow listenership, you have to build the trust and the fellowship yeah. and the belief in it. So if you go out there and start shilling yourself anything and everything, and it turns out to be crap, I think your 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 listeners will go away because you've lost your integ- oh, yeah, in- integrity. Like, well, that's so the thing do- I have with, the, with the ones I listen to. All the guys that do sponsor are things that you know where you know the actual listeners have got in touch with them and said, "Yes, we've bought this product on your recommendation, and yes, we have liked it. We use it. That's I've fine. done it." That's I've fine. done it with products. Uh, text, uh, text expander is a perfect example that I've done through another one. I had you, I knew it, but I'd never actually used it. And it was these guys that got me to finally go and try it. And I use it daily now. Even the new stupid subscription service, I, which I'm I would not be able to say. I don't, I don't need the subscription. Which service. I would not be able to say if they advertise with us. No, but well, you, you, could. you, you, yeah, yeah, you could. It's your choice if you choose. I could to say do it. I could service. say it, but Mark would get a call. Ah uh, no, because uh, uh, no, but but this is what I'm saying uh, is like you advertise our show. Every, I don't believe now you can get advertised unless it's something like generic, like what are those beds from Casper, which are completely out the tech sphere. Available now. <laughs> which are also available now via Amazon link. Terms and conditions do apply. You guys may be kept to risk. We do keep on mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> it, look, it's it's something I obviously have a different opinion to a lot of other people and I acknowledge that and that's fine it's just my own personal hang up but that's that's just how I come from I do not want to be compromised and you know let's face it my integrity is not that you know important it's only important if we did have a sponsor on the show and there was a story with them involved I would say we do that story no, just no. because of that. But no, we're not talking about people who come onto the show and you you offer an interview and do things like this and, and you just get a bit of backstory and knowledge. Like we, we did it on Mac and Fork. And all I'm saying is it does get very complicated very quickly. And and the fact that Apple have, have had this hands-off approach to it, I, I don't want to lambast them for that. I want to praise them for that because we do not want it how it is in the app store, for example. We do not want to follow these rules and guidelines like it does if you go with Stitcher or Google or, or some of these other companies that, who are coming up and saying, oh, yes, we'll give you analytics, but you have to follow all these rules. 
I'd like the fact that you, if you want to set up a podcast, you create a podcast, you create an RSS feed, bang, it's done. You can tell Apple it exists and that's it. They'll just list it. Then it's up to you. Um, a lot of these media, big media companies, they just seem to be lazy and say, oh, we want it all done for us. We want to just put it in a portal and then everything's done for us. And, you know, we'll just, you can have 30%, but we'll take the rest. I just, I don't think that's the spirit of, of podcasting, how it originally but That's began. the thing, though, isn't it? That's the difference. There's people that podcast like us because these are, you know, these are subjects we're interested in and, you know, we're not doing it on the basis of we're trying to talk oh, somebody into doing it. We're just true. discussing bits around it. True. Whereas uh, if it's like a, 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 you know, take the Guardian, their podcast, or um, you know, any of those kind of big conglomerate companies, they are trying to push something at the same time. Yes, and I, I don't want to go on because it's not like a podcast about podcasting. I just and it's it's inside baseball for anyone who doesn't do a podcast or, or really listen to pod, a lot of podcasts. The thing is about this show is I always like to let listeners in it's like you know when i talk about my running or my cycling you know, that's what sets this show this show um a little bit apart but well i'll tell you what the best way to do it is is if you're listening to this if you've got this far into the conversation let us know go on our facebook page do us on, like contact us on twitter or on google plus and let us know i mean i could be completely completely wrong on this um and and you can tell me i won't necessarily take it on board but yeah, I'd like to know. That's, that's different, what. though, because that's your opinion. Yeah, I know, but that's all I've got to offer. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong. It's just that's how you. That's your interpretation. And that's, that's your all opinion. I got to offer. And if I'm sharing my opinion, I don't necessarily want you to give me money just so you can hear it. And Carl, that was no, a, no, I, I get that. And that was a seamless link to let everyone know we actually have the thing that I said I would never ever do. I feel like my soul has been chipped away at. But one of the members of the team here has gone ahead and done it, and now we have a facebook page or and a twitbook page you can go if you go to, if you go into the um if you go to show notes you'll see a link to the facebook page you'll see a link to the new twitter account essentialapple.com it's actually up and running and we even have a google plus page right chaps we all need to get to a pub so let's crack on with Worth a chirp. See, all those comments of people saying that I blatantly nick the Mac and Forbes soundboard, they can't complain. Right, Matt. Uh, this is the birdie song. Can, yeah. <laughs> You've posted something dirty and un- almost unforgivable on this Mac. But So on this Mac-based podcast, Matt, tell the listeners what you've, uh, what you've chosen this week. <laughs> okay, right. So... Ignoring the way Mark just described it, what I've actually posted is for someone that's currently a Windows user that wants to switch over to become a Mac user, which is something I have on my kind of company quite a lot, where people kind of, you know, I go in and I do consultancy and I switch people over. Now, this is a piece of software called PCUnlocker.com. And if you're on a PC... This is a piece of software that if you are still wondering where to switch, this will terrify you to your core. Because with this piece of software, you can wipe every single password that is on that PC, and you can set it to anything you want. And this can be done on a USB stick that anyone can plug into any of your computers, whether they're servers, whether they're actual main systems, or whether it's just a personal unit. 
And this will pick up every single PC actual password within your system, including core passwords and including um, you know, binary passwords, and wipe the lot, and you can set them to whatever you want. Holy what? Now, if you're doing a switchover, which is what it is originally, well, officially what it was originally designed for, it's great if you are changing over to a Mac or you're looking at switching over, but you've got lots of actual kind of bits on your system that you don't know what the passwords are, especially in a corporate environment where you've got lots of passwords or user passwords and that sort of stuff on a PC, and you need to kind of get them all crossed over so you can then go in, redo the password system for it, reset up the password file, and switch everything across. So everything comes over so you have access to all that data when you put it into a stick or when you put it onto a drive to do your actual conversion over to a, over to a Mac. So this is what it was originally designed for. It's basically, it's $29.99, yeah, $29.99. And like I said, it's exactly what it says. It strips passwords out of any PC. Only login passwords, though. I'm just reading it here. Login passwords, but that does include administrator. Yes. And once you've got administrator access, you've got everything else. So it says it on there, it'll only do login passwords, including administrator. But trust me, once you plug it in, you have access to every single password within that PC. Reset local administrator and other account passwords. Oh, my God. Wow. That is... So if you are on a PC, this piece of software alone will terrify you to get in the Mac. <laughs> yeah, you probably say that. Someone will say, yeah, but it's a version of Mac as well. <laughs> no, there isn't. Okay. The way a Max passwords work is very different to this. Wow, this would have been so handy back in my PC repair days when I said, oh, what's your password? <laughs> this has been around for years. Oh, this well. is the latest in you know, version of it. This is 3.7. This is the latest version. Okay. Um, but wow. you can actually, yeah, you can get a free version of this, which does up to machines that are running up to Windows 8. But if you want to do it up to the latest systems... And also do servers and everything else. You need this one, which is $29.99. Scary. Marx is thinking, how much fun he can have at work now, isn't he? Because all his stuff at work is on PCs. Apparently not. No, he's gone. (laughs) Yeah, can't hear him. Can't see him. He's turned his camera off. Can't hear him either. Well, no, I do that so I don't have to do crosstalk in any editing. And the best thing about my work is that all the passwords are the same, apart from mine, because I'm going, no. No, no. But we've always done it this way. And I turn around and say, saying we've always done it this way is going to be one of the costliest things you'll ever say. Barry, what's your pick this week if you're still there? Because I've got your gurning face on the Skype screen at the moment. Ah, that's what I do. I gurn. Um, so I, 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 when I got my iMac, I got the, the magic keyboard, a little tiny thing, which I, I didn't like at all. So I had an old PC keyboard. I plugged in an old USB keyboard that I've been using for years. It's big. You, if you listen carefully to the some of the podcasts I've been involved in for the, over the last sort of year or so, you can probably hear the clacking noise as I as I type stuff as we as we talk. But I I um I thought it was time for a keyboard update, so I, I ordered the uh, the full size. Apple keyboard with uh, with number pad. Got to say, it's lovely, mm. really really nice. It's only uh, only thirty eight pound from Amazon, but uh, I'm I'm very very happy with it. Barry, I wish you'd said because I could have given you one of the Apple Clacky keyboards for free. Yeah. Apple Clacky, the full, the full size Apple Clacky versions, like the Windows one that you've used, but the Apple version of it, which is the full size version, and you could have had that for free. Because I've got loads of them lying around. Ah. Oh. 
<laughs> don't worry, he does this to you, Bell. It's, he it's, it's, like, it's like saying, oh, you know what? I've just had to go and spend a fortune on a washing machine. And then some bright spark of your yeah. friend will go, oh, then he told me last week I just threw out like a six-month-old one that was getting a bit tatty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I was going to order a, a Tesla next week. Um, mm. uh, any- <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Yeah, my Model 3 I'm keeping, trust me. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. 188. Number 188 in the queue. You can only imagine how he's going to spec that out and go, you know what, I don't like it. Carl, what's your uh, worth a chirp this week, my friend? Um, I'm going for an app this week uh, called Splice. Um, this used to be a little private company, but GoPro bought them recently as well. And all it is is a really handy app to have on your iPhone or iPad. Uh, you can easily select all the clips you want to bring into a movie and then reformat them, rechange them, change the filter on them, do crossfades and stuff like that, make a, a really great-looking video very quickly uh, and export it in up to 1080p. And it's a lot of these kind of apps is that you, you can import them, and unless you buy them, they, they stick a little funny watermark on them or they have a very limited uh, length of time you can actually produce a video for. Or when they ex- export them, they don't do it a very very high quality. This one, Splice, totally free. Uh, like I say, bought by GoPro and they, it looks, the stuff it produces looks absolutely stunning. And you can go in and really put some fine trims and things like this and add music and add additional sounds and stuff like this. But even if you just want to quickly select a load of videos or photos and then have more crossfade and add a little bit of music uh, and then post it to Facebook or Twitter or stuff, works fantastically for that. It's uh, like I say, totally free, and go and try it. It won't it won't, it won't cost you anything, and, and go and have a play. It's one of the most simplest video editing movie maker things I've ever tried. Brilliant, thanks for that. We've had a uh, a worth a chirp from Saranak, who's been joining us in the Slack room this week using MultiCloud.com, the free online service that lets you manage a huge online selection of cloud storage services, and it's now added Mega Dot-ns. <laughs> the service that gives you 50 gigabyte of online storage free. Now, all right, brilliant. Yeah, you can access you know, a couple of online cloud storage solutions in one place. So what? Well, what you can do with this is actually move files from cloud system to cloud system, and it works because I've used it. Uh, I think I went from OneDrive to Box, and it worked. Literally set them up, tell me what I want to copy, go away, have a brew, come back. And it was done. So, Simon, thank you. Sorry, Saranak, thank you very much for that one. And as for my worth a chip... I tell you what... My pick is King of the Hill on the iTunes store for four ninety nine per season. This follows up from Oh-ho. last year. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be for uh, Americans and can- can- Canadians or Canadians, uh, but that's my one. You've also got as well, if you haven't seen the film Deadpool, go and see it. It's blinking brilliant and if you have not quite sold on that look in the show notes or go onto your youtube and look for deadpool's honest trailer it's absolutely brilliant and if that doesn't make you buy the film i don't know what will that king of the hill is is it's gonna get expensive for me i bought five First five seasons already, and there's, I think, 14 seasons in total. Oh, God. Hopefully, it will last through to my next payday. You do realize as well that it started in the US and Canada before you guys got it over here. What did? 
king of the hill. No, we're not. We're talking about the pricing. You ain't got the pricing of four pound ninety nine for an entire season. Oh, no, no, no. no, it's your show. (laughs) And you too, Texas. Propane. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that we had it, though. There's quite a lot of stuff that is kind of based in the US that we were sent straight over to here. What was the tagline? Taste of flavour, not the heat? <laughs> Taste, yes. I love it. I love being in work. There's two facts that I've got. Sorry, I know we're running late, but I've got two facts that I share in work. Number one, that propane is a naturally odourless gas. And number two, my all-time favourite anecdote is, what's the difference between a cake and a biscuit, which is why Jaffa cakes are called Jaffa cakes, not Jaffa biscuits. Right. Cakes go hard, biscuits go soft. And before we go, we've had some iTunes feedback. So the call we put out last week to get some iTunes feedback has worked. Ron P in the US of A giving us a whopping great big spanking five stars on the iTunes store. The new Mac and Forth show. The show is a great place to find out what is going on in the world of Apple. Great. I didn't realize we were doing that. With almost the entire crew for the Mac and Forth show, it was great. Even the same signboard. Great job. (laughs) And you know what, gentlemen? I think we've got a show. So, gentlemen, how can we hear from you? Well, before I tell you that, can I just do one more? I just say, say, what's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Clear water and salt water. One will see you later. The other will see you in a while. (laughs) God (laughs) almighty. You can get me on Twitter <laughs> at Womblefoot. Baz, I know you're finishing your old career, but don't go into comedy, really. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Matt, how can we get a hold of you? Uh, again, through Twitter, at MustangMatt69. And finally, last but by no means least, Mr. Carl Madden. How can we get a hold of you, good sir? You can hold me on Twitter at Claw0101 or over on our Facebook page where do various posts so once again thanks for listening everyone use our links look at the show notes essentialapple.com facebook twitter google plus we haven't got an instagram because we're too outraged by the icon and until next week ta-da everyone ta yeah bye